I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Well, I survived the holidays. Did you survive the holidays? Oh, man, it was uh, just a lot of driving. I hope, hopefully you didn't have to drive that much. Uh, a lot of family. Hopefully all your family was in good health and everybody was getting along better than the year before. I, I, uh, I think it was pretty good. The food was great. I think I gained five pounds. So now I have to stop eating so much. But, you know, you got to give yourself that. You're entitled, right? If you work all year and you're... I, I, I think actually that the week before, between Christmas and New Year's, is really a way for humanity to kind of shake off all of the stress, if you're able to do it, from the year past. And that's kind of what I did. I got kind of out of work mode. I was still doing the show last week. But... I, my head was uh, uh, more of an observer rather than a participant in the daily news. And man, the reading, that's the, I think what I enjoy the most is I love to read. And I love to read things that, like I stay away from websites like CNN and MSNBC. I could, you know, that, that's just, that's fodder to me. It's the same old, everybody is in lockstep with whatever the narrative happens to be that day. And that's fine. But I, I go out on the, not the fringes, I'm not reading all these uber-right, alt-right, you know, maga, 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 not, I'm not doing that. I, I just like in, good intellectual articles. American Thinker, Zero Hedge, Breitbart, some of their writers are excellent. The Federalist, I don't like, I don't know why, but I don't like National Review. I don't know, they seem like rhinos to me. Anyway, they should be called the National Rhino Review, because... It's like it's like conservatism without any recognition of Trump. Uh, one of one of the things I kind of picked up on this whole week was that there's there is a sort of an underlying acknowledgement that Trump is going to win in 2024. And I made the prediction on Friday that I believe that is going to be true. I don't think it will be known until 2025 because there'll be the usual haranguing of things, but I think that's the outcome. And, you know, whether you like Trump or not, man, this world is in serious condition. Great article that came out this morning. If you have time to read it, you're probably really busy, so I might try to find it and touch on it. But great article, and it really was about uh, just about how much the need, the world needs some order. There's pushback. There is some pushback going on against the globalist regime who want to count us all up and make us little units and cooperating units within the greater matrix. That's their plan. They're meeting soon. They're, the theme of the World Economic Forum's meeting this year in Davos will be gaining trust, which is key words for more propaganda. Making the state look like... You know, another good article that I read, Federalist, it's about the Roman Empire and the lessons that we can learn and, and sadly, a lot of the conditions that led to the Roman Empire collapsing over its 500, 600, almost 1,000 years, but when it finally fell in the early part of 400 A.D., it was very similar 
to what we have here, really. I mean, if you think about how things are going, we're being flooded at the border. We have all these diseases now that are coming out. It just came out today that it was Eco-Alliance and, and, and Peter Daszak and Fauci and the NIH and Francis Collins and all these people that contributed to the development of the SARS-CoV-2. They deliberately used spike proteins. They deliberately used a mechanism so that the cleavage of that particular virus would be easily adaptable to the human genome. They did it on purpose. And they're getting away with 3 million deaths. If you count just the people who died of COVID in the early days, 3 million. Everybody else had had something to do with diabetes or it had something to do with their heart or something, high blood pressure, whatever. And I think it's interesting that there's an explosion of all these RSVs and pneumonia and COVID and everything that we're hearing about. Maybe it's contrived. Maybe they're making it up. Or maybe it's a result of us, or those of us in, in our society that have been over-vaccinated. And they warned us early on. There were certain physicians that warned us that what would happen if uh, we became vaccine-dependent, immune-dependent. And what happens is the body itself loses the ability to fight off whatever it is it's supposed to learn to fight off. It's why when you take a measles vaccine, you don't have to keep taking a measles vaccine, do you? Or mumps or rebellion. And I also read, now this is interesting, and I'm just sort of giving you a summation of some of the things I read this, this week while I had time. I also read that when we were children, and I'm a you know tail end of uh, the baby boomers, uh, when we were children, we had maybe eight vaccinations that we would have to take in the course of our early adolescence. Now that number has jumped to 180 vaccinations. 180 separate vaccinations that your body will receive to fight off, presumably, 180 foreign invaders. And they're saying that the rise of the vaccinations is definitely correlated with the rise of autism and what they call now spectrum autism, which I was talking to with my wife over the weekend. And they don't know because, you know, they don't know. They, they just, uh, I, I'm just so distrustful now of, of medical. Ever since Obamacare took over, I just feel like they're working for the, the doctors are working for the government, not you. And this was never made more plain to me than when I went to see my doctor after my second COVID shot. And I was complaining of fast beating heart and I was anxious and I just didn't feel right. And the doctor completely disavowed any connection and went straight for the, the drawer and pulled out the latest whatever blood, blood medication. And uh, it took a long time, but you know it, I guess it works. We'll find out. But my point is is that I, I no longer really trust that relationship. And that's part and parcel what's happening is because the government, with its overreaching health care initiatives and, you know, when they go and they bargain for prescriptions, you know, you hear Joe Biden a lot. He'll say, you know, we negotiated better prices with the big pharma, make drugs more affordable. What do they mean when they say they negotiate? What, what did they negotiate? Do you ever ask yourself that? What is it that they negotiate? What, what does the big pharma get out of reducing and fixing their prices so that they're, quote, more affordable? Do they get more funding? Uh, do they get more allowances? Do they get more fast-tracking of, of medication through the FDA, the process of the FDA? 
What is it that Joe Biden is negotiating with when he is when he is in front of the the, the lawyers over at Big Pharma with their pens out and their portfolios and ready to write down whatever it is that Biden brings to the table? And we don't know the answer to that, and I don't know the answer to that. But I, I'm I'm willing to bet that it's not in the interest of the American people. It's in the in- interest of the ever-growing big pharma, the uh, pharmaceutical industrial complex, and that's why we see all these medications now on television. The pharmaceuticals were very profitable, profitable in the last three years, more than they've ever been. They are, you want to talk about people getting dividend checks. There's a whole lot of millionaires, people just sitting around waiting for that dividend check to show up because they invested in squibs or, you know, uh, whatever it is, Pfizer, Moderna. Everybody made money except for me. I didn't make any money. That's a shame, isn't it? I didn't make any money. I wish I had, but the the fact is that the windfall of profits from these so-called government negotiated price controls and deals guarantees that they'll never go out of business and they'll be protected. And that's why they're so profitable. But could it be behind the rise of all of these respiratory ailments? Are our bodies constantly being injected with things that just ultimately end up compromising our own ability to defend ourselves? That's what I think is kind of happening. And uh, you don't need a doctor to tell me that you know, people, especially people that I know that have been vaccinated, I've known seven people this week, all told me they kept up with their vaccinations, everything is, you know, check the box, but they're still getting sick. So what we're going to talk about today on Speaking Out America, a couple of topics. One, well, we have a whole slew of things, but I want to get to one particular report. Uh, Jim Harden's going to be on, big news there. There's a explosive report about the CDC there's also an explosive report about the origins of the COVID virus, and it's not probably won't shock you, but it should. But it kind of alludes back to what I was saying before. These people that contrived to create this virus may have had the best intentions of the world, best intentions of the world. But the fact of the matter is, is that at least 3 million people died on their watch, and that's an important number. And people continually are living the after effects of how the how we're treating the virus and how we're coping with it, and it's not a good picture. But is it a of uh, something else? Are we headed towards eventual collapse? We've got the border problem. We've got a president who is barely senile. His wife had to remind him that ice cream is his favorite food, and all these things that are going on. So we have to keep our eye on. And then, of course, you know, new developments overseas. Uh, there's so much going on, it's hard to keep track. Uh, Ukraine is getting bombed to smithereens. It's sad. They're getting bombed to smithereens. Nothing we can do about it. But Zelensky, out on Saturday, saying our F-16s are on the way. Americans are sending us their F-16 fighters. And the question is, are they going to start you know, bombing Moscow? And then where does that lead? And then you've got Xi over the weekend saying it's only a matter of time before he reunifies Taiwan. And what is President Biden going to do about that? Anyway, so we're all locked and loaded. And I'll be back. This is Jim Watkins. You're listening to Speaking Out.
Welcome back to Speaking Out, Jim Watkins. It's good to have you. Don't forget our website. It's up. I, I did some revamping over the week, and I've, I've sort of gotten rid of a lot of stuff. I want to just focus. Uh, my website is right up there in the cool factor. I, I know that if you take time, uh, like this weekend, I, I just for kicks, I decided I wanted to play the Ivanka Trump speech from 2016. And so I did that. I, I just went back into the archives, and I found the show where I had that. And I just put it up there. And, man, the response is overwhelming. People really love the website. It's called Jim Watkins is Speaking Out. Jim Watkins is Speaking Out. And you can hear it uh, anytime. I usually post a new show. I'm going to probably cut it down. My feeling is that many of you people are just really busy. And I shouldn't expect you to give me more than, say, 20 minutes of your time. So we're going to make it so that it's a nice bite-sized chunks. And it's on Spotify or Amazon or Google, any of the major podcast platforms, and and even some of the minor ones, too. Just uh, Google or in your your, uh, browser, put Jim Watkins is Speaking Out podcast. Jim Watkins is Speaking Out podcast. And I've made the announcement that we are going on in the Big D. Uh, Dallas-Fort Worth will be uh, our flagship out of... Uh, that Lone Star City is going to be uh, AM 1290 or Talk Radio 1190, sorry, 1190, 1190 AM KFXR, Dallas's Talk Radio AM 1190. And we'll see you Sunday mornings at 9 AM. So I hope you'll join me there if you're living in the Metroplex. If you're living in Halton City, oh my goodness, it'd be great to hear from you. And my email address is easy enough. It's uh, jwatkins at CRN talk.com jwatkins at crntalk.com and of course crn is our mother network so let's get back to what we were talking about last week trump did an exclusive interview and there was a lot of talk about it over the week and he inviscerated biden by challenging his mental status but towards the end you can hear what he's talking about there is a sense of optimism in 2024 there's a sense of uh, it can't get any worse than this. Even in my own, <laughs> even in my own communications over the weekend on social media, I kept saying it, it, it can't get it can't get worse than this. You know, things have got to get better. Uh, and uh, here's Trump commenting on some of that, and I think that you'll appreciate it. Last night, a young soldier was killed, U.S., and the two were very, very badly hurt. And nobody even talks about it. It's not even believable. They have 129 attacks or something like that on our troops in the Middle East, 129 over the last few weeks, and we don't even do anything about it. This president is incompetent. He has no clue, and he's probably a Manchurian candidate. He's probably totally compromised. You know, he accepts money from so many countries, so maybe he accepted money from these countries, so he doesn't want to do anything about it because they know more than any accountant is going to be able to find out. But he is a Manchurian candidate, and How can he allow? So we had a soldier killed last night, two horrifically wounded, and that's going to be just the beginning of it. It's uh, they don't respect him and they just are doing whatever they want to do. But now Iran, if you look at it now, Iran has 200 billion dollars that they made on oil, not to mention the six billion dollars. As you know, they made six billion dollars on the hostage deal. And they also made $10 billion on electricity to Iraq, $10 billion. But that's not even the big number. The big number is what they're making on the oil. Yeah. Because all of these countries that weren't buying when I was president, they wouldn't have bought. There's no way they would have bought. And, and they were literally down to being broke. They were broke. They had no money. In fact, there were a lot of big stories around that time, three, four years ago, that 
these groups, these terror groups were breaking up because there was no money coming out of Iran. Wouldn't have happened. So there's confidence in the market, uh, but we're yet facing several wars on several fronts. Over the weekend, U.S. uh, destroyed a couple of Houthi boats, I believe. They sank a couple of boats. But then also, I believe England had been attacked as well, one of their ships, Maersk. So they're in now. They're involved. Uh, the F-16, according to Zelensky, are on their way, so that means that things are only going to get worse in Ukraine. And where is Joe Biden, as mentioned? Well, he's on the beach. You know, he's taken—somebody said that no one has taken more more vacation time than Biden. And I know I spend an inordinate amount of time talking about it, but he has such an impact on all of our lives, uh, unlike any other president I've ever seen. And most of it hasn't even happened yet. What do I mean by that? Well, the border, what is it, 30,000 now? 30,000 came across in December? That we know of. We don't know about the gotaways, but we'll find out about the gotaways later because the crime element is going up. Uh, my my son, who sells home security, tells me that people are saying there are more and more burglaries happening in places that you didn't expect it, like Midland, Odessa, and the outskirts of New Mexico. And so, people, they, the 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 criminal element is being introduced slowly but surely. Uh, just to kind of give you an example, a parallel example, they never talk about this in England or in Europe, France, Germany, Holland. They will never say to you, because they're not legally allowed, because it is technically a hate crime, to complain about immigration. If you go public on social media and you say something despairing, despairingly about immigration or people that come from third world countries and makes them, you could be fined or you could be charged or you could be questioned. And yet, and yet, headlines like this read from Germany, over 7,000 women in Germany have been raped or sexually assaulted by asylum-seeking migrants since 2015. 7,000. That's women that reported. You and I both know that not every woman reports such crimes. And nobody's allowed to say, oh, it's an immigration problem. Well, it's an immigration problem. Because what does that imply? Oh, that implies that the migrants might be violent. There, there might be some violent tendencies that they have, but you can't say that because that's that's insulting them. It's, it's, you can't say that about somebody. All human beings are deeply good. You can't. These poor people. And meanwhile, what about the seven 7,000 women? they got to live with this for the rest of their life, and their government won't do anything about it because, well, that would be, uh, you know, something again. It would be uh, xenophobic, xenophobic. So this has got to be the biggest news story of the day, and I can't believe that when I tuned in to Fox News this morning for two seconds while I switch over to Maria Bartiromo, Fox News is busying themselves talking about the bowl games. Then I flip over to Maria, and they're talking about the economy, and nobody's talking about this, and it's a big story, and it's on the Federalist today. We have to talk about it. It says, more evidence emerges confirming COVID lab leak theory. Okay. Let me just make a couple of points here, and it's written by uh, Helen Raleigh, and it's about a seven-minute read, and just, just to give you sort of the highlights, it reads that Emily Kopp, an investigative journalist at U.S. Right to Know, an online publication about, quote, pursuing truth and transparency for public health, reported recently that her organization has obtained a 2018 grant proposal called Project Diffuse, co-authored by the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and their counterparts in the United States, including Peter Daszak's EcoHealth Alliance. Now, if you remember, there was a period of time, particularly in the bigger cities like New York, where people who were so-called COVID-friendly would put these stickers uh, on the outside of their business establishment, letting people know that they could go in and it was a safe zone for COVID. 
Things like this are initiated by organizations like EcoHealth, where they make lots of money charging people to get their accreditation or accreditation, and that's only one aspect of what they do. The bigger picture here, according to COP, says Project Diffuse, quote, proposed engineering high-risk coronaviruses of the same species as SARS and SARS-CoV-2, end quote. The content of this proposal is concerning for several reasons. First, the proposal, quote, involved synthesizing spike proteins with furin cleavage sites, the same feature that supercharged SARS-CoV-2 into the most infectious pandemic pathogen in a century. What you're hearing me tell you is that our government, in conjunction with EcoAlliance and the Wuhan Institute of Virology, conspired to synthesize a spike protein that is exactly like SARS-CoV-2, and that that spike protein, or what they were working on, escaped the lab. That's important, because everything that we've been told up to here has been, oh, it's a question. Oh, maybe not. Three million people, ladies and gentlemen, three million people died. Three million people. Why is this not the headline? According to COP of U.S. Right to Know, quote, biosafety levels range from one BSL to four, with BSL-4 being the most stringent. Now, where they studied this virus and did all their work was a BSL-3, which was just barely good enough. What's even scarier is that the documents show that all, also the researchers intended to use less regulated SARS-related co- coronavirus research as proof of concept in order to extend their high-risk methods to more deadly viruses like Ebola, Marburg, Hendra, and Nipah, according to COP. So it was their intent that once they developed this virus, they would go on and try to replicate stronger strains of Ebola, Marburg, Hendra, and Nipah. Some scientists' ongoing interest in experimenting with those contagious and lethal viruses is one of the many reasons why we must understand the origin of COVID-19 because such knowledge may help prevent the next pandemic. She goes on to write that NIH, which was Francis Collins, who recently retired, the National Institute of Health here in the United States, they admitted after The Intercept made public two grant proposals submitted by EcoHealth Alliance to the NIH on gain-of-function research on coronavirus and a progress report covering 2018 to May 2019. And the virus supposedly escaped the lab around October of that year. And the reason they say that, they held the World Games in uh, Wuhan, I believe, and all these athletes were going back to Belgium and China and elsewhere, and they were sick, and nobody knew why they were sick. Ladies and gentlemen, this stuff is so important, and I ask you to read it. Go online, check it out. You have to. All right, let me close with this. The article concludes with, It is disappointing that the Biden administration, congressional Democrats, and their corporate media allies have shown little interest in uncovering COVID's origin. Democrats and the corporate media's collective silence and the lack of curiosity about the virus's origin are likely driven by two reasons. First, they cannot blame the origin of COVID on Trump because it was actually developed under President Obama, and any investigation of COVID's origin will inevitably lead to the questionable conduct of Anthony Fauci. The truth shall be known, but is anybody listening? See you next time. Jim Watkins speaking out. Thank you.